Hey, Mystic Michaela spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela today. Talking about love versus fear. Which one motivates you? You know, the one that you choose that motivates you is the one the universe will send you to get you off your feet and going in life. But we're usually hardwired to go with fear over love, even though they're both equally as powerful. I'm going to go into that so that you can really fine tune how the universe sends you motivational messages. But first, hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. And, you know, this love and fear thing brings something to the forefront (laughs) that I have never even told you, but I'm about to tell you now. Okay. I've told some of our listeners on the side Mm -hmm. when they've DM me, but I've told them this, but all right, here it goes. I, I might as well just come out and say it. I'm a Swifty. You're a Swifty. I'm a Swifty. <laughs> I love we Taylor could, Swift's music. Bree and I you, have converted you. I yeah, but there's that fear factor there. Oh. You know, I have that fear. I'm motivated by fear here oh. that I don't want you know people to know this that I'm a Swifty. Okay. That I'm so you know really into her music. Yeah. Yeah. She she's the best. I mean she's. Ten times better than that Andy Graham guy. Oh yeah, who I can't stand. But okay. yeah, that uh, that music. But anyway, so that that's my first thing here. Love Thanks, and fear. Scott. Yeah, I thought everyone might <laughs> want to take... know that. That's good. Um, yeah, start off the show with that. But all right. Anyway, so we've had this has been interesting. Abby, ever since our Halloween episode, mm-hmm. has been fascinated with the ghost stories and and uh, the paranormal activity. So we took her to Spookyville. This was going back a couple of weeks. And that's a Spookyville is where the Riddle House is. It's in Yesteryear Village in uh, South Florida Fairgrounds. And that's where the Riddle House is, where was the site of our first Mystic Michaela Halloween special. And you can go visit the house anytime, but it's extremely haunted. Right. So when we got there, she was really interested in what happened. And she kept asking me questions about it. And, you know, I was kind of nervous because, you know, the, you know, the, Joseph, the guy, died in the house in, right. in a terrible way. You know, he hung himself in the attic. And, but she kept on asking questions. And then she asked about the pineapple house, which is also in there. And that's yeah. where the little children died when they suffocated, when their parents went out in the fields yes. to work. So, but she's been fascinated by it. And she's been telling everyone at school. Oh, my God. And she's been telling everyone on the our neighbors yes. these stories. No, like as a mom, like there was a part of me that's like, oh, my God, what do the neighbors think? And like this, because she's that kid like, hey, you want to hear about the Riddle House? And then she goes into like details and it doesn't upset her. That's the thing. Like no. she's not upset. Like she's just really into it. And she keeps asking questions. And I feel like this is part of her turquoise aura-ness too, because she how do I she doesn't want to be she doesn't want me to hold back and she knows when I am so she doesn't want me to hold back so she wants me to tell her everything and I try to do it in a way like a 6-year-old should hear something like that and I do but she's like no what really happened and she can tell when I'm holding back so it's it's and it's weird, but she loves anything creepy or horror. I mean, the kids like extra into it. And then she's telling the neighbors like details and they probably think we're crazy or than they already did. Right. <laughs> right. So, so anyway, so now let's fast forward to this week or this past week. There was, a, when I was doing my research and I wasn't procrastinating to set up that episode, <laughs> one of the places I found was this guy's Trapper Nelson mm. had this, this homestead in Jonathan Dickinson State Park in Florida, yeah. about an hour away from us in Jupiter, a little bit, uh, Hope Sound, actually. And I think, oh, I thought to myself, oh, maybe, you know, Abby would want to go there. Uh, the only way to get there is by 
there's two ways. You got to go by canoe or a kayak or you could take a ferry. Yeah, well, the kids don't like that. And we know what happened with the canoe <laughs> and our kayak adventures. The canoe of tragedy. So I figured maybe I could, you know, get her on the canoe or the kayak or, or maybe even the boat ride if I tell her that we're going to this haunted place. And it actually worked. It worked. So it was a beautiful day last weekend and we got to the park and Bree, you know, I'm like, all right, you guys going to go on a canoe today? No, we're not going on the canoe today. Yeah. You want to go on a kayak? No. No, we're not going on You're a kayak. You're not doing that. All right, can we take the pontoon boat? It's this huge boat. Yeah. It's got a good captain. We, no, we're not going to do that. We're scared of the boat. What if it What if it sinks? And I had to like do this whole thing where like, listen, if it sinks, like we're literally, there's a river, there's land on each side. You know how to swim. There's alligators. I'm like, I'll, listen, I'll protect you. I had to tell each one of them I'd save them first, like separately so that they would, they agreed to go finally. Right. They finally did. And of course I did tell Abby that at the end of this boat ride is Trapper Nelson's house. Yes. The, the homestead, his cabin. And that's what, and it's haunted. Yeah. So we, me, actually, me and Abby, well, I think you and Bree went off on the playground on the swings. We looked into the research of it. Mm. And apparently this guy, Trapper Nelson, was really fond of the ladies and he, the spirits. The, his spirit, they say, like, you know, kind of is a little frisky with the ladies. Yeah, when like they get literally. On the island. Yeah, like so many reports of people getting like, patted on the behind. Right. Or, and things like that. Yeah, so I, I'm actually thinking we're going to go back with Purple Bomb Amanda. <laughs> And get her a date because he. De- they, some people even said that they've heard whispers of him asking them out on a date. Oh my gosh! So I think that would be good for her. She's you know wants to get back on the dating scene, but anyway, so that is what actually convinced Abby to go. Yeah, it was, it was a, really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. So we we got on the pontoon boat. I think they were they were pretty good until a wasp, of course, oh. a wasp. Yeah, flies right next to their seat. Yeah, and sits and stares <laughs> at us the whole time. You know, I think what's interesting with the whole thing was. Um, how out in the middle of Florida wilderness it was. And the guy came in 1931 okay. to settle it. And then I think he died in the in late 60s or something. Yeah. So he was there for like 35 years alone, something like that. All this one place. But it, it was a really cool place to, to visit. I highly recommend anybody go check it out if you're in the area. Yeah, it was really cool. And I mean, the guy, I don't, I don't know. I mean, if I had, I don't know what his aura was. If you, mm. you might know his aura. I think he would have probably been like a purple, green. Yeah. Like kind of a, I don't know. He seemed, he kind of seemed like a, like a tiger king type he, guy. Yeah. Cause he kept like animals there and in cages and, and like small penned up cages. And he used to do like crazy things and he would bury money all over the property. So he did a lot of these like wacky, wild things there. You know, people saw him like running around like naked all the time. And so he, he seemed kind of like jerky. Uh, I don't want him to come and haunt us, but. Uh, <laughs> no, he doesn't seem but, like he'd uh, care. Yeah, you know. So anyway, but I, I mean, do you think that, I mean, most people thought, you know, we put, I think you put it on your stories and I think most people thought the place was pretty haunted. So I put, I've been doing this on my stories every once in a while and you guys are so freaking psychic. It freaks me out. Like it really scares me. So I, in a good way, I'm just really proud of you all. But like I put up a picture of his homestead and then I put a picture of himself, nothing else. And I just did one of that Instagram thing. Like, you know, don't overthink it. What vibes do you get? The things people put in there were like shockingly accurate, detailed. Um, So the story is, is that, yeah, he went there. And you know what's interesting? 
Well, I'll tell this part first. He he went there in the I think thirty or thirty one. Okay. And he went with his stepbrother and and a friend. And the stepbrother killed the friend and then, you know, went to jail. And then, you know, Trapper Nelson is there alone. And he survives alone for that long by basically trapping. And he also... And 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 creating that, like, zoo. And that was the disturbing part. And when... That if you go there and you're maybe you know it's my empathness, but you know and, and Brianna felt the same way. The, all the original structures are there, so it's these tiny, tiny cages where he kept. Like he would just capture bears and panthers and alligators and raccoons or whatever, and keep them in these really tiny, small places in order for people who kind of showed up. He'd charge them a mission to come look around and and just see that. That part was really upsetting, and a lot of people in the comments. On, on when I put up wrote like trapped need to get out stuck um, things like that and I feel like they were picking up a lot of the animals energies yeah it definitely could be I mean it was, it, it was just a really weird story you know like the ladies from Palm Beach would come they said also and they would visit him you know he and he would like dance with them and do you know, he was weird. like an oddity he was just yeah he was like an oddity like, yeah. like a wild. The, wacky guy. They called him the wild man of the yeah, Loxahatchee yeah. and like people would come just, and he knew it. So he just capitalized off of it. Right. You know, he knew it. So he just kind of sold them what they wanted to see, like a bit of a, like a carny kind of a, a gig. Right. And but, then of course there was a mystery to his murder. Yeah. Uh, or lack of murder. They're not sure. They're not you know, sure. The official uh, coroner's report said death uh, was suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, they, you know, I was talking to the, uh, the guy, the guide, and basically, we both came to the, you know, he basically said, no, there's no way he did that. Yeah. He was murdered by somebody. He had a lot of enemies. Yeah. But, you know, so I put the picture up and, and everyone said, murdered, murdered, murdered. People were saying, oh, I have pain. And they were describing exactly where the bullet hit. So, I mean, all of you were getting all this, like, huge energy. So I think, like, I'm going to do that more on my Instagram more and more because I feel like people need to, in a safe place, know that, hey, your gut's right, you know, and, and listen to it and and understand what you're getting it from or whatever because people were getting all sorts of stuff and it was like, oh, my gosh, and I, I could have gone all day with yeah. the details people were getting. Well, I guess we're going to have to go to more haunted places. <laughs> The good news is the kids were fantastic. They, they, were. they were. This was like the best they've ever been. I know. They were enthralled every minute. Abby loved it. Bree loved it. It was maybe really. Maybe th- they're getting bigger. So actually, Trapper Nelson, thank you. <laughs> we actually had a good family outing. We did. I paid the extraordinary amount of money to get there, and it was actually worth it. And they yeah. did not waste it. All right. So moving on. Now, we ha- we have a couple of ads we are going to get to. But before that, I want to preface this one ad. <laughs> this is like, okay, this we, is a little weird. All right. We have discussion groups that we that we run. Okay, one of our discussion groups they're, they're on Thursday nights. They meet at eight thirty every every Thursday. They're called the Dipsy Divers. Why do they call okay. themselves? So that, basically, Scott? they've took on. They call themselves. They, I guess they love Dipsy so much. One of our sponsors so much that they actually call themselves that. And they've actually made me a shirt. I'll, I'll put up a picture. They made me a Dipsy Diver shirt. Yeah, they're, we're going to make a whole reel of this. Right, and we're going to make a reel of this, and I'll, and I'll wear it. And they truly do love, you they know, love- that, I got my, that I got hired by Dipsy, and I do the... <laughs> Do the uh, to turn you off because anybody who knows about Dipsy, it's an app that inspires to turn you on. Well, Scott, as we're so lucky to have our voice model, he's there on the app to turn you off because you know you got to go out in the world after being so turned on. You got to get turned off, and that's Scott's job, right? And you know, 
every Thursday, they have, they're so enthusiastic. They, they really love Dipsy. They also really love Petro Hanchar. They're huge <laughs> fans of him, and they made, like, a whole sticker of him and everything like that. So, you know, I thought, hey, why don't I let them write the script You're gonna write for this week? Write the, your voice model script right. for our Dipsy ad this week. Okay. Now, I'm going to tell you something here before we get into <laughs> you're, this. You're disturbed. It was disturbing. <laughs> These women. They came up with something that, you know, look, that my mind cannot even do. I mean, it was so perverse. <laughs> stop, stop. Don't judge them. On the Dipsy app, though, like, it is, oh, you okay. know, so, it is freaky deaky. Uh, and these women will not hold back. They're be- freaky deakiness for, <laughs> yeah. for anything. So believe it or not, I actually had to tone down did, the you script. Were, so, you felt inappropriate yeah. as a man reading it? Yeah. And we do have some younger listeners. You know, we have, we have kids that listen and... So I, this is a toned down version of Cover it. Cover your ears, people. When we do the real, <laughs> I will give you their actual script. So you might want to see that. All right. So th- this one's going to be called Talk Turkey to Me. Okay. All right. So, you know, it's time to seek out pleasure in every area of your life from how you start your mornings to how you wind it down at night and everything in between. You deserve to enjoy it all. Dipsy Stories wants you to find joy and confidence in and out of the bedroom. It's getting steamy in the kitchen. Do you need help in there? Ooh. Dipsy Stories is an app full of sexy audio stories, and now they even have brand new written stories. I noticed how well you buttered that biscuit. <laughs> Where is this going? No matter who you're into or what turns you on, Dipsy helps bring the stories to life anytime, anywhere. Once you cream the corn, <laughs> does that oven need, need warming? Oh, God. Close your eyes and let yourself get lost in a world where only good things happen and pleasure is your only priority. Explore your fantasies in a safe, shame-free way. Because that turkey needs to be stuffed. Oh, my God. There are hundreds of stories to choose from, and they release new content every week, so there's always more to explore. The dishwasher needs loading. Oh, my goodness. And they also have wellness sessions to help you wind down and explore and sleep sessions to help you drift off. So for listeners of the show, Dipsy is an is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash K-Y-A. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to Dipsy, D-I-P-S-E-A, stories.com slash K-Y-A. That's dipsystories.com slash K-Y-A. Yeah, and you'll get the unedited version (laughs) on on your your reels. I'll put it up on my reels on at Know Your Aura. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I truly edited that. It is a great app, I have to say. And listen, get freaky. Okay. We have to talk about Brooklinen. Gift giving is the hardest part of the holiday season, really, in between all the food, the well-deserved rest and relaxation, and hopefully this year holiday get-togethers. No one wants to stress over giving that perfect gift, and Brooklinen makes it easier than it's ever been with high-quality but affordable gifts. We talked last time, we talked about Brooklinen. My parents are getting towels. That's what they're getting. We visited. They didn't have good towels. And Brooklinen has not just towels. They have so many things, but they are getting some of the best towels through Brooklinen. What is the best gift, if not the gift of comfort? Whether that's a hug in a blanket form. By the way, their weighted blankets are insane. <laughs> a whole spa day wrapped around your body. Ooh, those robes. Brooklyn has got options for everyone on your list. And if you're looking for more ways to stay cozy, check out Brooklyn 
and it's candles, eye masks, and accessories. Got my daughter some beautiful silk scrunchies. These are gifts for everyone at every budget. Go big with the super plush towels like I'm going to get for my parents and Lux bedding bundle for a family or a puzzle for your best friend's neighbor when they host that holiday party that you're probably going to be forced to go to. There's literally something for everyone. Brooklinen's goal is to create beautiful, high-quality home essentials that don't cost an arm and a leg. It's the perfect place to find the best gift. And their customer service, oh yeah, clearly they get their eight hours every night because they are a dream to work with if you ever have an issue. So check out the gift guide to find the perfect present at every price point. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code KYA to get $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. So I wanted to talk about love versus fear, and I'm going to get into it way more in depth in a little bit. But first, in our own lives, um, I think that we've managed this in some areas, and we're still absolutely working on it in others to do things out of love instead of fear. What do you think, Scotty? No, I, to- I totally agree. So I, we came up with a list of, of three, I think. Yes. And I think we'll start with the gym. Okay. Going to the gym. So... I, my whole life, I would work out, but I would used to do it out of fear. Like, oh, you're going to, I don't know, you've got to fit into those jeans or you got to do this or you better go. And I, it would work for like a little bit and then I'd just fall off the wagon until after we had Brie, um, I had terrible postpartum depression and I was like, you know what? It can't be work. You know, I hate working out and I also hate feeling this way. So I'm going to go work out. And actually it helped. It helped me a lot. And this is an area where you and I, Scott, and and we're not annoying about it. We're not like gym selfies or look at my perfect butt (laughs) at all. But we do go like four to five days a week and we don't complain about it and we just do it. And people ask me all the time, like, how do you get motivated? Because we've been going for like 12 years regularly. Yeah, just down here. We we were going a couple years up in Buffalo too, so it's over 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. Probably fi- more like 15 years. Yeah. So we've been going. Yeah. No, because I started with Bree. That was 12. Oh, okay. Because she's 12. Oh, okay. Yeah. So something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Two years there, 10 years here, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. But, anyways, you're right. Yeah. So we've been going like consistently for a really long time. And people always ask me, like, Megan, where do you guys get your inspiration to go? Like, how do you make yourself go? And it's just like, I like how I feel after and it makes me feel good. Like, it's not, I'm, I don't, I gave up going to look a certain way that has absolutely no holding on why I go to the gym. Like, yeah, no, for me too. You too, right? Yeah, I eat, I eat too many bagels for <laughs> to count anyway. So You've given up on that. Yeah. So why do why does why, how do you get motivated to go? I, I get I mean, for me it's just like part of the routine. Yeah. It's like it just I mean I, I would still probably say it is still fear for me. Really? Yeah, I I think so. Oh, you get more nervous about health stuff yeah, than I for, do. Yeah, because I, I always feel that if I do it I'll be healthier. Okay. And, you know, so that that's why I do it. You know, okay. I get, you know, I get moving, I do yoga. Yeah. I get, you know, I lift weights. Um, so I, I feel like if, I think it is still fear So you're for still me. using fear? I so still like am. when you don't want to go in the morning, what makes you go? Like, cause we always have that moment where like, oh, I just don't feel like going. Well, so. Well, yeah. I'm, but the weird part is usually I, I don't mind going though. Yeah, like, I no, don't really that's what I that, mean. I think you have that a little bit more than I do. So that that's what I'm, but that's what I'm talking about today. Like whatever. But it's not because I love to go. Okay. It became like a neutrality to you. Yeah. Because like, like, look, if there was like a magic button and I could press that button yeah. and then that would do everything that I do <laughs> in the, the gym, gym. For that, and I only go for an hour at yeah. a time, then I would push that button and not go. Yeah. Um, but I don't mind going either. 
So it's not like I dread going. Yeah, I don't fear myself there and I don't hate myself there. Yeah. I just go to go. Yeah. It's kind of like at this point, like showering or brushing my teeth or doing anything that's like part of my routine. Yeah, like a routine thing. But I don't fear myself into brushing my teeth either. You know what I mean? You could... But like you're also like at this point it just feels good to do it. So you do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's kinda like that's how working out got for me. I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean that that makes sense. So, so maybe it's just a little bit different for us, but yeah. At the end of the day, I think we're still on the same page when we go. We, I mean, we're just like okay. Like just, I yeah, see okay. people because like uh, in January, inevitably, there's always like an influx of people. Yes, that Can we go to the YMCA? Right. So there's always an influx of people that show up, and you see the ones that like hit it hard. It's like they're at the boot camp, like they're killing themselves. They're like probably eating 500 calories. <laughs> it's like, and you're just like, you know, I've got my ear pods in on my elliptical and I'm like, mm, just join me <laughs> over here. This is just yeah. trust me, you know, like, come on, get over here. Like you want them just to like, you have to make it sustainable yeah, for you. you. Yeah. And, and I think people use a lot of fear and self-hatred to move, to drive themselves to the gym and, and that's not going to work. No. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah, I guess this might even be a little bit of a off topic, but yes, you have to, you have to go there knowing i guess that you're able to do it like if you do something that's like crazy yeah and it's gonna take you like two hours no. you're just gonna burn out from you're it burn out yeah yeah and actually you know i've tailored my my workout how i do it so that you know i know that okay i'm gonna do these 10 exercises today mm-hmm. it's gonna take me about an hour maybe 55 minutes that makes it easier for me to go okay i mean this is more like motivation thing than the love and the fear thing but if you if you do something that's manageable, mm. it's easier to go. If you do something that's like just totally not manageable, yeah, like know yourself, yeah, or it's maybe manageable for a few times, yeah, but you're not going to be continue no. able to do that. So, but when I started, like what I do now would have been unmanageable to me back then. Yeah, like when I started, I was just doing three times a week, and I literally did silver sneakers water class with my mom, <laughs> and okay. I just I worked up from there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like it takes time because you feel like you're gonna puke until you get yeah. used to it, and you got to kind of level up slowly. So like I then so so just knowing what I know about getting in shape, and then like the people that throw themselves into boot camp and they're like vomiting yeah. in outside. I'm like, oh my god, stop! <laughs> Don't do that. Like yeah. just start slow. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so that's our one area. I feel like we figured that out. Okay. <laughs> well, the other thing, when I'm at the gym, I do, like, I do know everyone there now. I've been yeah. there for like 12 years, so I do, you know, I mean, that part's enjoyable, I guess. I go there, I pretty much know everyone that works out, except for those people that quit after a month, you know, and you never oh, see them again. Yeah. But, uh, so I do talk stocks. Mm. So that that is the second thing on my list. I don't think this is on your list because you don't trade stocks. No. But I, you know, now that I think about it, like pretty much every stock trade, I make is based out of fear. So you, so you are still motivated by fear. fear. I absolutely love trading stock. Okay, that's interesting. But I am motivated by fear. So you do it because you love it. I do it because I love it. Yes, but I love the win. I love to win. Okay, that's, that's what really gets me. So the love must outweigh the fear then, because oh, you yeah. still do it. Yeah, and plus my track record. You know, I've made like I, I don't know I don't want to brag here or anything but I've had like hundreds of positive trades yeah. and I don't have any losses yeah. since 2009 right so yeah so, I know how to, but I work on my system yes you work on your system but, and you but it's a fear it's educate also yourself. Based, yeah it's also based out of fear you're always scared yes yeah yeah so how does that work well do I, you think if you weren't scared you'd do better I think in some ways yes mm. so and in some ways no so basically <laughs> because because I'm so scared all the time what my biggest 
issue is I'll take profits. And whenever you take profits is a good thing, by the way. If you're profitable and you take profits, you've won. (laughs) You won. That's it. You made more money than you you started with. You have more money than you started with. Right. But I think I've left a lot of money on the table over the years um, from taking profits too early. Mm. So, you know, like you you take a stock like, let's say, uh, Roblox and, you know, I make a nice profit on it. Yeah. But then it goes up again and and again and again and you're out of, you know. And you probably knew that was going to happen, but you just got out quicker. Yeah. Okay. So... But then there's other times where I took the profits and the company, like, you know, the next week or two weeks has yeah. sunk all the way back down. Right. So it's worked both ways. Okay. But I am always motivated out of that fear. fear because you do it anyway. See, like, fear doesn't go away. You know what I mean? Like, if you were really scared or, yeah. or fear was really motivating you with the stocks, just, I, it's always easier to talk about somebody else than myself. Okay. I think, like, with you, it would be, you wouldn't do it in the first, like, I'm even surprised just the way that you were raised and stuff like that, that you even do this. No, no, they, throughout my whole, and I don't want to do another reading on my childhood again. But no, no, I'm just saying. Cry, but yes, they, I've always been, they always told me not to do it. Yeah. I was the, always told not to do yeah, it. Yeah, so, like, the fact that you, because it was, like, the fear thing. Yeah. You know, like, you know, stay steady, get a steady paycheck, just do that kind of, instead of taking any sort of risks. And so I'm surprised that you even do it at all. So you've already chosen love over fear. And I think that the fear you're talking about is just like, I don't know, just common sense in that, in that world. Okay. Cause fear doesn't go anywhere and it's a lot, we're actually allowed to be, I'm going to talk about this. It's good to be motivated by fear sometimes. Like think about fear in all the ways, you know, tells you not to, you know, I don't know, do something stupid. Fear tells you not to do something stupid and it saved your life plenty of times. So sometimes fear entering in is an awesome thing. It's telling you, hey, don't lose all your money. And you're like, okay, I'm going to listen to you this time. <laughs> That's true. Like that. Uh, if fear was truly a motivating factor for you, you, you wouldn't okay. even have money in the market. That makes sense. And, and actually, that makes a lot of sense because when I make the trade, when I, re- when I buy the stock, yeah. there is no fear. So when I put down the money to buy it, yeah. and, and, you know, sometimes it's a significant amount, I don't have any fear. So when okay. I push that button, buy, let's say, 100 shares of Disney, yeah. there's no fear. Yeah. That's just me just saying, okay, I know this is going to make money. I know this is going to go up. Okay. I know I'm going to be profitable That's confidence, on this. confidence, right. And I just make the purchase. Yeah. No fear involved there. Yeah. Then when Disney, let's say, goes up 5%, now the fear that's when the fear starts oh, sinking that's in. That's interesting. That I don't I I'm, I'm now I'm winning. So as, if I sell I won. Okay. What I don't want to happen is that to let's say go back below what I bought it okay. at and I didn't take that profit and that's where my fear factor comes in. But I think you're that's right on that. Maybe it I think it is maybe more love than fear though. Yes, yeah, definitely more love. It. And then now that I think about your own approach to the gym just to kind of like parallel that. Okay. Like it- it's the same thing. Like you're going you're not really going out of fear. It's just that's your common sense. Like, yeah. well, it is good to work. I mean, they tell you this all the time. Right. Like health and, you know, cholesterol and all that kind of stuff. So you just like enter that in as reasons why you go. But I don't think that okay. that's something that is your, mo- I don't think that's your motivating factor for going because I've known you years and you didn't work out. And yeah. And, but then I was, you know, I did have a little bit of a, a little tummy there. Oh, and, no. Uh, you know, I, you know. <laughs> Wasn't it? I'm actually in better shape now than I was probably when you met me. <laughs> I am so, too. So, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. You're you're right. You might be right. Maybe it isn't so much fear. I, I mean, it feels it fear. It feels fearful. 
But, uh, <laughs> well, it's scary. Like the higher, you know, when you climb high, it's scary because you look down. You're like, whoa. Yeah. You know, that's just normal. But yeah. fear, and that's what I'm like. Fear's not going anywhere, and it's not a bad thing. It's just like where it comes in is important to notice. Yeah, I guess. Okay. All right. All right. We have one more. So my this one's thing. More for you. This yeah. is what I always get scared of. That I'm screwing up the children. I always am terrified that I'm parenting wrong or I'm making the wrong choices or I'm speaking to them incorrectly or like just like when we're talking about Abby with the horror fascination that she has. Do I tell her? I mean, I feel her energy asking me for truth and she she's knows what's going on and she's really motivated to find out anyways and I don't want her to find out from different sources that aren't me. So do I just tell her or do I, you know, is that screwing her up more if I tell her the truth versus her? Because for example, like all the kids in her class, and this is first grade, so I don't know how this happens. We're talking about squid game and she's like, and they were playing squid game in the, uh, at recess. And I'm like, who's letting you play squid game? That's one. I don't think the teacher knows what it is. I'm like, who's letting you play squid game? And two, how do you play it? And she said, like, oh, it's like red light, green light. And if you move, you get shot. And I'm like, this is hell. And so, and then I was like, well, that's, we're not going to talk about that. Please don't play that game anymore. Try to play other games with kids. We shouldn't be pretending to shoot people at school. Da, 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 da. Then I go on my Netflix account and the girl's six, but she's not. She's, she's, okay, she's a little sneaky. So I look on my Netflix and uh, somebody, and I didn't watch Squid Games on my Netflix, and it was like 20 minutes into episode one. So, so, and I'm like, Abby, and she was like, no, I'm like, Abby, and then she's like, I did it, I did it. And because I didn't tell her what it was, she figured out how to get on my Netflix account and watch it for herself. Now she watched this horrible show and she's six and it's because I didn't tell her. So now with this horror flick stuff, I'm like, I better, this horror house and haunted stuff, I better tell her or else. So I don't know. Yeah. I I mean. And like, did I screw her up? See, that's where I come from. Yeah, that's you. That was like a whole rant. For me, I don't have any of this. (laughs) I mean, I don't have any fear that way. I, I mean, I, I mean, most of the time I defer to you anyway. Oh God, I know, but so, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and I'm always afraid. I'm, I go, I come from fear in the parenting, and that's something that after this episode, as I researched it more, I'm like, oh, I got to change that. Yeah, because I could just enjoy, just I should just enjoy them. Yeah, that, that's not like, be scared that I'm screwing them up. Yeah, that's like me. I don't really think about it, and you know, <laughs> I, I do rely on you to take the lead. I am probably. I mean, I'm pretty laid back. I mean, I'm you know I am the biggest pushover there is. Like when yeah, it comes to those like two kids, blow it's like out of nowhere. Well, if they do something like really, <laughs> like and then they're like they're used to me yelling or whatever. But then when you do, they're like, "Whoa, he's unhinged." <laughs> they don't like it. And, and me being unhinged is like just like a mild <laughs> raise true. of my voice. Like nobody can handle it if you say no or you're mean or whatever. I mean, there was like one time I think in like the past. <laughs> five years where i got mad at them and like really yelled and that was because abby had no stood up in the car while i was moving without a seatbelt <laughs> yeah, on she took it off and stood up and then you and, yelled and i freaked out because i had to stop the car and they were so upset with you yeah. but like my whole thing but you didn't have any guilt about that or anything and then my whole thing i, is, I think i bought them some stuff after <laughs> you did get mad <laughs> but like with me and i wonder if other, i'm sure other moms feel this i'm i know they do because i do readings for people all the time and it's just easier to see other people than myself but i just think like okay what happened to me and make sure that doesn't happen to them and how do i reproach this and this and this and it's hard sometimes for me 
So I've just taken the approach of being authentic as much as possible. But I mean, and I'll just pay for better help later. Actually. Therapy. Oh my gosh. Now that I think about it. What? I think I just had another breakthrough here. This podcast is like ridiculous with the breakthroughs for me. But I think the reason why I am so lax and I usually don't ever like get anything going and try to get it riled up because my childhood, my parents fought every day. All they did was fight all the time with each other. All they would do is fight and scream and yell at each other to like... Like every day, like yeah. literally every day. Um, so maybe that's why I'm so lax. I just kind of want it to be peaceful. And yeah, you to, do not like conflict. No, I don't want any conflict no, in the house. That's I want like a big thing for you. you. Know, I mean, that's probably my my biggest thing that I do wrong is I, you know, I ask their opinions all the time. <laughs> like instead of just saying, "Hey guys, we're going here," so, you know, let's let's go, you know, here. I was yeah. like, "Do you guys want to go there? Do you want to do that?" Yeah. Like, so one doesn't want to do it. One does, and then and I'm always like, "Stop asking their opinions." Yeah. Like that doesn't bother me. Like if they don't want to do something, yeah. And I make so maybe them. it's like I just want to avoid the conflict. So oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah probably. That, right, so that's another. Yeah, that's interesting. That's another thing. Well, the kids are just big. I mean, that's just everybody that has kids. But yeah, so I got to work on that. Right. I have to work on approaching my parenting with more motivating out of love. This is fun than fear. Am I screwing them up? Yeah. It'll be hard. All right. So Good talk, Scott. Great talk. I mean, I learned so much about myself on this podcast. It's Do fantastic. That's it's like great. therapy. It's like therapy for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got three ads and then you're going to talk about it. All right. You know, finding the perfect gift for your loved ones can be a little stressful, can be a little difficult, but I always try to think of something personal, but something I can buy for multiple people in my life while body care and self-care essentials are honestly the perfect choice. And this year, and I've already been doing it, I'm getting my friends and family Osea, this amazing cult favorite skincare line that you've heard me talk about before. I have four words for you, Andaria Algae Body Oil. Okay, listen, I am completely converted. I'm never using lotion again. You heard it here first. It is luxurious, rich. It's not greasy or sticky. It absorbs beautifully into my skin. It makes me glow. I put it on before I go out and I literally glow. It moisturizes, leaves the skin super soft and smooth. Um, And Osea just launched their first body butter. And it's really at the top of my holiday wish list. It has the same intoxicating scent as the body oil and its butter-rich texture transforms dry skin without being greasy, leaving it soft, smooth, and healthy looking. So, you know, you can get a little stressed thinking about the holiday season and finding gifts can be a pain, but this year... I'm making it easy with award-winning skincare and body care from Osea. They have free custom gift notes too. And it makes it just a simple, elegant gift for anyone in their life that people will actually like. And since you're shopping for others, don't forget to send yourself a little bit of self-care too. And like I said, the body oil is absolutely amazing for this. I love their salts of the earth body scrub with the body oil, I mean, that's just a life-changing duo. So it makes your dry winter skin very soft. You can use it right out of the shower. So all Osea's products are clean, vegan, cruelty-free, climate neutral, created with sustainably sourced seaweed and made in California so you can feel good about what you're putting on your skin. This season, stock up and share your new favorite clean skincare and body care with your friends and family. We even have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order with promo code KYA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and orders over $50 get free shipping. Gifting is always easier if you start early. So head to Osea, O-S-E-A, Malibu.com and use code KYA. Do your yoga pants work overtime? I mean, mine do. If you're wearing your go-to leggings to do more than just work out, you're totally not alone, but you can find some more options you'll want to wear 
all the time at Girlfriend Collective. Girlfriend Collective is sustainable, ethically made activewear for everyone. They make cute and comfortable bras, leggings, shorts, tanks, tees, and more. You got to check out all they have, all their comfortable things they have that are super stylish as well. Their sizing is inclusive, ranging from extra, extra small to 6XL. And whether you're working out, running errands, or doing nothing at all, Girlfriend Collective has functional fabrics, colors, and styles for any activity. Their best-selling leggings are squat-proof, come with pockets for your phone and things, and have different levels of support, whether you need compression or softness. Join the collective today and feel good about what you buy and feel comfortable in what you wear. And for listeners of the show, Girlfriend Collective is offering $25 off your purchase of $100 or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash K-Y-A. That's $25 off 100 or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash K-Y-A. That's girlfriend.com slash K-Y-A. It's okay. It's okay to talk about our mental health and our happiness. Humans are not meant to keep everything inside. It makes us sick and therapy helps. And what is therapy exactly? It is whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and you'd like some tools to help, or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Well, BetterHelp is here for you because you don't have to be ashamed of your normal human struggles and you can start feeling better. You deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. I call my therapist and it's very professional. She's really good at what she does and it brings me a lot of comfort and peace of mind. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. You can join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. See if it's for you because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and know your Aura listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash KY. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash K-Y-A. You'll be really happy you did this. It's really a life changer. There was a habit I was noticing in my life lately, and it was one of fear. Basically, if I don't do this, then that will happen. And the narrative was a pattern that was popping up with everything. Most recently, you know, if I don't reach out to the PTA, my kid won't be accepted in school. If I don't go work out, my body will lose control again. If I don't get organized with my finances, I will be in like financial ruin. If I don't do something, then something bad will happen. And I look back in the pattern of my whole life and this has always been, I guess, a pretty prevalent motivating factor for me. And there were contexts it wasn't like the worst in, like maybe in grad school. It was like, okay, if you don't read this chapter and study and reach out to the professor and da 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 da, da then you'll fail. And maybe that's more acceptable <laughs> in school because I think everybody's running around like that. But, and it's even praised. It was even praised. Like, oh, you're such a conscientious student. Oh, you care. Hey, when you're worried and scared, that means you care. That means you're somebody who's invested. Fear means you're invested. Okay. Well, it's been constantly coming up and I realized that 
basically, in a lot of places in my life, I've only been motivated with the thought of fear running through me. And it's been taking a toll on me physically, as fear does. John Lennon said, there are two basic motivating factors, fear and love. When we are afraid, we pull back from life. When we are in love, we open up to all that life has to offer with passion, excitement, and acceptance. You know, fear is a really powerful thing. It has this ability to take over our lives. We use it to fuel us. And some of us, particularly those of us who grew up in situations where it was a very strong motivating factor for our own survival, we find it necessary to do anything. Fear of losing love, shelter, money, reputation, fear of losing our standing in the world is what keeps many of us pushing forward. It's an ever-present stress in our bodies, and it's a voice that replays over and over and over again in our heads. Our brain focuses on fear. It's actually a biological thing. There are so many motivating factors in our lives, but the most powerful two are fear and love. Repeated behavioral studies consider this to be true. And fear and love are the primary emotions of, I guess, our reptilian brain, while any other emotions remain secondary. So we can make anything about those two emotions, fear and love. They're our main go-tos, our hardwired motivating factors for survival. So fear produces hormones, adrenaline and cortisol, and you feel that, makes you, that adrenaline motivates you. Oh, I got to run. I got to do it. I got to go this. I got to go here. And cortisol just makes you feel sick, right? And love produces the anti-stress hormone oxytocin. And it's a biological thing we end up fighting against, but also something that we have to take a look at and decide in ways to choose love over fear as a main motivating factor. Because if they're both there and they're not going anywhere, at least we can focus a little bit more on the love, perhaps, than the fear. And that's what I want to talk about today. How do we switch that so we can use the love instead of the fear? And it has universe consequences because the universe sends you more of what motivates you. And that's what I was noticing in my own life. Scary situations would pop up to get me motivated to do the thing that I needed to do anyways. And I was like, do I have to be scared to order, in order to do things? Can't I just be motivated in a different way? And aha moment, you know, light bulb moment. There it is. I'm like, wait a second. Yes, but I have to produce that habit in myself. So that's why I wanted to do this episode. So I'm going to talk about love in a minute, but first, why do we go to fear? It's very powerful. The brain itself is hardwired to latch on to fear. It's a known fact that we look to be afraid of things rather than celebrate things. Because if you think about it, fear is the brain's way of keeping you alive. This is why we focus on it so strongly. It simply, it works. It definitely works. It's a great motivator. It definitely works. Mistakes we make are particularly painful and we'll spend more time punishing ourselves for mistakes than celebrating ourselves for successes. Because if you think about it in kind of like an early human or, you know, we are animals, like a biological primal sense, making a mistake could cost you your life. So you better learn from it. You eat the wrong berry, you know, that's it. Don't do that again. And you get that information solid in your head if you make a mistake once. But in our world today, that fear gets misplaced and it gets used towards everything. So like, let's say you're speaking up for yourself or you want to take a new class or, you know, you want to speak to a cute someone that you want to talk to. Um, 
you, it can feel the same as risking your life because the fear that gets those hormones are the same as the ones that make you fear for your life. And, and what we do is through our programming, we will put them in places that it doesn't belong. So love too is a biological and primal need just like fear. Strictly speaking, from a biological need standpoint, early humans had to bond to get things done. Hey, we still have to bond to one another to get things done. But if you think about it from the animal, I guess, brain sense, you know, hunt, gather, form communities, which felt safe. Social connection was and is a part of basic survival. And your brain knows that. So we can use that to help us make sure the universe sends us the same vibration. By using love instead of fear, we can change our lives around a lot. We can change the vibrations we send out, which will get matched by the universe coming back towards us. So instead of sending fear out to attract more fear, we'll send love out to attract more love. But you have to appreciate it, you have to respect it, and you have to honor it. And that's something that takes practice because a lot of us dismiss it. So in a spiritual sense of this, I wanted to talk about how using fear instead of love as a motivating factor is actually creating a reality in which the universe will send you more, more fear instead of love so that you'll move along quicker. If we can start to train ourselves to move it and shake it when good things happen <laughs> instead of bad things, then we can get more good things to come our way. It's kind of that simple. But remember, sometimes simple is very difficult, especially when we talk about law of attraction stuff. It's about training the reality around us to match our own thoughts and actions. Um, and so it, till we, if we wait to be scared to do anything, the universe will just send us energy to match that and give us exactly what we're waiting for. So if you're sitting around waiting, well, I'm not going to do anything unless, I don't know, you know, the, the final bill comes in the mail, <laughs> that, then I'll do something because that'll scare me enough to do something with the final notice stamped on it. No, you know, like if you're waiting, and that's just a very small example, but if you're waiting for that all the time, you're just going to get that pattern throughout your life. So when you are programmed for fear, meaning how you were raised and your family system and whatnot, when you're programmed it on top of already being programmed you know, in a, in a biological sense for it, when you're reprogrammed for it, like growing up, it can be harder to deprogram yourself. So the, the two motivators become entangled. So perhaps you feared the one you loved growing up. Maybe the person that you loved, you also are really scared of them. And this can perpetuate itself in all future relationships. Oh, fear plus love. Okay, I have to be scared of who I love and, you know, scared of losing something from them or scared of being left out in the cold. And that's, and that gets entangled with what love is. Perhaps you felt a connection to fear and survival. So, for example, you always worried about, I don't know, money, food, shelter, how things were going to go for you in a financial sense or something. And now you continue this. So, before you got anything life sustaining, you had to worry and fear that it would even come at all first. And that pattern persists. So, today, even if you're in a safer spot in life, you're just used to worrying if something's going to happen or not. You know, am I going to make enough money this month to cover everything? I don't know. And then like the pattern becomes like, I'm going to worry about it. I'm going to worry about it. I'm going to worry about it. And then it's in, and inevitably, if you look back, like, haven't you always been okay? You know, if you think about it, for the most part, hasn't it already, it's always just kind of worked out, you know? So, but that whole pattern and of, okay, I'm going to worry first before I get it, it becomes connected to getting it. I don't get it if I don't worry first. 
So I see a lot of clients and I'm this person too. So I get it because I came from this too. And I've done a lot of work on it (laughs) that money gets connoted with struggle or survival gets connoted with struggle or just getting love or basic needs or whatever can be connoted with struggle because your brain has hardwired, oh, you need to struggle and you need to be scared and then you'll get it. So we got to detach love and fear from one another. It's one thing to, well, I want to talk about this first. Like when you were born, you need love just as much as you need anything else. It's very important because some of us can be like, oh, love, what's that? It's just fluff. It's not. So many studies prove that babies that are held and nurtured, held, nurtured, taken care of, sung to, talked to, they thrive so much better than babies who aren't. It's simply necessary to feel safe, to feel like you're taken care of. And how do we recreate that for ourselves right now? You know, it takes some mindfulness practices in order to do this, but love is needed for survival. So it's just as important. And that just means that once we get used to bringing it in, it can replace fear as our main motivator. And when that happens, the universe will learn to send, well, we're training the universe to send us more of love to motivate us. So it's one thing to let fear in for the things that are practical, okay? Like you don't want to get on the elevator alone with the creepy person, okay? Like it's okay to use the fear for some things, but it's necessary to also notice it and differentiate it, common sense, from coming into the places in your life that it's not necessary. Instead, where love would be better suited for. So for example, like so many of us have fear of success, fear of failure, fear of speaking out, fear of being seen, fear of being hurt. All these things just promote more context and situations where you avoid life because you are avoiding the feelings of fear. I always talk about this. The ego loves to keep you exactly how you are. Ego, fear, okay? Your ego latches onto the fear and let's just stay exactly where we are. We're good here. (laughs) So when you try to climb up, the brain will be like, oop, scared, scared, scared. Uh, this is different. Fear, fear hormones. And it keeps you down. If you recognize it and you're like, hey, wait a second, this is a good scared instead of a bad scared. You know, there is good and bad scared. I'll do readings with people and I'm like, okay, you know what? Yeah. Going to talk to that cute guy that you saw. Yeah. That's scary. That's a good scary. So do it. Good scary is fine. You, you'll live. And that's actually really good for you because when you conquer the good scary, that means that the universe is like, oh, nicely done. Okay, we're going to send you some, some stuff because you can you pass that challenge. So there's good scary and bad scary. So learning to differentiate them is a game changer. Um, my husband, Scott, you know, he told me, I had this, oh God, I had this meeting the other day with some very, very powerful people and... Listen, I'm, I'm Megan. I'm still Megan. I get scared. You know, I've always been scared of public speaking. I know, right? I, I get scared of public speaking. I get scared of people looking at me. I feel everything that everybody's thinking and feeling. I feel judgment. I feel all the critiques. I feel the first three seconds I meet somebody, I feel them do the scan of what their impressions of me are, which always usually are very different from who I am. And I'll feel all of that. And he, he watched me do this thing and uh, he watched me talk to these people, this room of people. And he's like, wow, you're really brave. Like that really took a lot of guts. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, I was scared the whole time. I'm always scared. <laughs> I just learned that this fear is something I've just, I'm resolute to at this point. I'm like, okay, yep. I'm super scared. Let's do it. All right. You know, you get used to it. So I guess it doesn't go away, <laughs> but 
it's a good scary because it's something that helps me grow and helps me, I guess, you know, grow as a person and helps me, I guess, do more in the areas that I actually love. So I try to think about it as like, well, if I do these things, then I get to create more and I get to talk about this stuff more than I'm talking about here. And I get to, I get to just spread more joy and love and, and, and power to the people that I speak to and self-empowerment if I do the scary stuff. So I try to think about it that way. So in that context of my life, I've kind of figured it out. But like I said, the past few weeks, I've been going through stuff that's like, oh my gosh, like I got to smash this out in all areas of my life. Hence why we're talking about it today. Cause I thought maybe some of you could relate, you know, past experiences defined by fear produce a primal reaction to not do that again. Your ego self will make sure that you aren't vulnerable in love situations, perhaps, because getting your heart broken um, in childhood by a parental figure is something that was hardwired for your brain to avoid forever now. So it's hard to get close to people because last time you got close to somebody, you got your heart handed to you, smushed on a platter. So it's kind of like it's the same thing as like, you know, maybe in your early, your college days, you get like really sick on vodka or something. And now for the rest of your life, every time you smell it, you get nauseous. It's the same reaction your brain will give you to, you know, bad things that happen in your past. And they'll just like stick a sick, a sickness on it that doesn't deserve to be there, but it's something that your brain is just like, yeah, let's not do that again. Cause that didn't work out last time. So we're not going to do that again. It, and that's why it's very hard to fight through. So what do we do? What do we do? Because I'm not, I mean, this, this is hard and this is work. But we're here, and like my grandma always said, the time's going to pass whether you do something with it or not, so let's do something with it. So we have to examine our fears. Now, this is something that can be extremely triggering because when you hit one of those buried fears, oh, hello, anxiety, hello, panic attack, hello, you can't, you just want to scream in a pillow, um, no, not go out, not talk to anybody, I mean... You want to use substances to make yourself forget. I mean, there's a lot of things that happen when you hit a fear, especially one that's kind of been buried for a while and uh, does not want to be seen. So like I always say, it's important to do these things in a good headspace, you know, therapy, the best. I love therapy. (laughs) I think therapy is great. Um, It's good self-care. We don't do these things to punish ourselves, okay? We're We're not examining our fears so we can like beat ourselves up about them. We do these things out of love and growth. Just like you can't go to the gym and work out on an empty stomach, you can't forget, you can't begin self-care work with a depleted system. It's important to be in a calm state, one where you feel safe and peaceful. So if you have to wait, it's totally okay to wait. Wait until you feel in a peaceful and non-agitated state. In the shadow work episode, um, do you know your shadow self, episode 107, this is the work that can be done too, to really examine what your triggers and fears are and where they come from if you want to take a listen to that. Then what do you do? You start thinking about the things that you're scared of and really what they tie into realistically. What are the patterns? Where did this start? Where are the foundations of this? Perhaps you dread going to work, but you make yourself and motivate yourself to do so with fear. Well, I'm afraid of not paying bills. And if I not pay bills, then I'm going to go back to living in poverty like I did as a kid. Okay. So you fear losing your lifestyle and your basic needs won't be met. And it's going to, you're going to go backwards in life like you did as a kid. Maybe that was, maybe that's your thing. So you're using fear to make yourself go to this job every day that you hate. Well, I got to go. Otherwise I'll be poor. So, um, let's turn it around. 
This is just a small example. Start seeing the things that you love about work. Maybe you don't love the job at all, but you sure do love to be able to pay for what you need. I love paying for what I need in my life. I love feeling self-sufficient. When I get that paycheck, I really like that I can do things that I enjoy with it. I really like that I can take care of myself with it. I like that I can take care of the people I love with this money. Start focusing just on the love in it because there is there's something there that you love. And the things that come from that will feed those happy places within. And perhaps over time, you'll realize that you're not as afraid as you used to be because you're not leaning on that fear anymore. And then you'll see, you'll see kind of a strength grow in you, a peacefulness. And you're going to see that you can branch out and you can perhaps look to other places that you may want to work instead. The universe recognizes this shift and sends out to you more opportunities, peoples, and context for you to take on because you're more open to seeing them and you're less held back by fear. And over time, you're not as agitated or stressed or panicked as you normally are. So let's say, oh, I see this all the time, you know, like this, and this goes into, I mean, just, I'm a woman, you know, and I think, I mean, I think a lot of people deal with this, men and women and, and whatnot, but um, let's say you look at, you're at a birthday party and I, you know, just because I'm a mom, I go to a lot of birthday parties and how many times do I hear moms, oh, I can't eat that. Oh my God. You know, the cake or the treats or whatever, like, oh, how many calories? Oh, look at that. It's all, and I notice the self-talk becomes hatred, a self-hate that all of a sudden this chocolate cake or these treats have now triggered a fear in them. That if they take one bite of a cookie, they're losing control and it connotes to being some sort of out of control person who doesn't fit into anything anymore and therefore isn't loved or accepted by society. All if you just have a bite of something. (laughs) You know, that is fear. You're using fear to make healthy choices for yourself instead of love. Because honestly, if you have a cake and take a bite, it's really not a big deal. If it's just cake, everybody else you're making, and I do it too. I've worked on it though. We're making more out of that cake than it is. It's just food. It's not the path to your own destruction. (laughs) So if you think about that, you know, just finding love in yourself, you can separate the two. You can think about that symbolism of the cake instead. How nice it is to be around everyone, to celebrate, you know, and then when you go and make healthy choices for yourself, you can feel proud of yourself for making healthy choices for your body instead of yelling at yourself that, um, okay, I go to the gym. Why, why haven't I lost the weight yet? Why haven't I done this yet? Why can't I fit into this yet? Why don't I look like her yet? Switch the narrative. Just be like, you know what? I'm really proud of myself. I did something healthy for me today. I'm good for me. And then the cake just becomes the cake. And it doesn't mean it's like your, your ticket to negative self-talk. It's a tiny example, but I see it all the time where we find motivation from fear to make better choices for ourselves in terms of our body health and whatnot instead of love. Um, another thing you can do is see failure and rejection, whatever your fears are, in a new light. Take a spin on them. In the past, when those things have happened, what have they taught you? So think about the past, like, okay, like when this happened, you know, when so-and-so rejected me or when I made this huge mistake or whatever, like, what did I learn? And, and what did I learn? Let me write that down. Cause like, that's a good one. Cause I learned some stuff. So what is it? And how can I use them to propel me forward with loving lessons instead of fearful ways to just disappear or avoid? Failure and mistakes have a lot of advice to give you. That's the love you can take from those times. Take the advice and apply it. Take the lesson and really feel grateful for the lesson. That's the love. 
wow, I'm really thankful for that lesson. I really love myself for absorbing that lesson. List the things you can do in the future to apply these lessons and hold yourself accountable to that. The bad things that have happened to you are never for nothing if we use them. And that's the love. If you can find the worth in the times things didn't go well and find love in yourself for recognizing them and using them as a joyful motivator for the future, and you're excited to do things in a new way and trying again to, you know, instead, despite, you know, the good fear, okay, I'm going to chase the good fear. It's okay to be scared about this because I learned from the past this. That's being motivated from love. Finally, the present moment. There's something to say about when you're fearful. It's a lot in your head, these scenarios that play out. And and just to, I guess, just to make it about you all in general, because I know, I know my listeners, <laughs> you know, a lot of you are really intense, analytical, and deep creatures. You're thinkers. You are creative. A lot, you're so, a lot of you are so, so creative. And that doesn't mean that you can draw. That means you can draw the most amazing <laughs> narratives in your head about what's going to happen if you're not the perfect human, you know? And, you, and, and, it's, and it's intense and it's real and it's visual and it's vibrant. And many of you live in these mind narratives more than the real world. And I do too, because that's a comfortable place for people with very deep, deep spiritual, uh, spiritually awakened energies, which a lot of you listening are. So when your mind is filled with this, it can be really torturous because your mind is supposed to be, you know, your mind is like your house where you live in most of the time, a lot of you more than other people. So it's kind of like when it's all sullied up and, and it's filled with fear, it's like you've got nowhere to go. It's like you're trapped in yourself. So how do we wipe it clean? You know, maybe we don't. Maybe sometimes we do have to live in the moment and we have to do it with fear as our roommate for a while. You have to look at it. You have to face it. You have to talk to it. You have to get what it's trying to tell you and understand that so much of it is compounded by hormones and chemicals. So there is a real biological situation going on here where you can't always control that rolling feeling of panic that comes or the intense sessions of crying or just whatever pops up. Like you might not be able to control that, but at least there's another little part of you, your your conscious thought, you know, that can kind of tell you, hey, it's okay. That's the hormones. So let's just step out a little bit and try to be present. Try to be present as much as you can. If that means baking or... I mean, please put your technology down. That's really important. But if that means blasting the music, so much so the neighbors are freaking out, do it. If that means going for a drive and putting all the windows down, do it. If that means getting on your bike and just whatever, if that means hiking in the snow, if that means just laying out in the sun, I mean, whatever it means, just try try to immerse yourself in some sort of environment that you can... Understand that your fear is there, but maybe maybe shock yourself out of it a bit. I mean, because the fear is so powerful and it's it, sometimes it just has to run its course and you let it run its course and then you sit and you're like, okay, what I learn? And the next time something happens, there are things that we can do. We can celebrate successes. You went to the gym, you came home. I'm so proud of me going to treat myself to this moisturizer I like on Amazon, (laughs) you know, or you take time to create 
when you feel rested and happy instead of pressured and worried. You know, I like to do, you know, I just because I'm on, I have to be on social media for what I do. I, that's my big thing. You know, I don't want to create just because I feel like, okay, you know, the algorithm's waiting for me. <laughs> I, I used to be like that a while ago. And then I was like, oh no, this was draining me. I can't do that anymore. So I create when I want to. I don't create, you know, I, I might get up at 3 a.m. and create something, a post or whatever, and, and use it later, but I don't. I can't do it because I have to. So create when you feel rested and happy. Don't force it. And maybe creating for you, it's something else. Maybe it's baking or it's drawing or it's gardening or it's redecorating or whatever. Um, practice feeling inspired. Look around. I mean, there's so much beauty. The other day I was at the park with my daughter and I left my phone at home. <laughs> I did. I've been trying to do that more and more. Um and we were just watching the bees. We're in Florida, so there's still bees. But we were watching the bees go from flower to flower and pollinate. It was so cool. Like, it was so cool just to watch them. And I got lost in that moment. And it's hard to get lost in those little moments, but I did. And it was really nice. And I felt inspired. And, and I felt like, oh, my God, that bee has a whole life, you know? And like, what's that like? We're not the only people in the world. There's so many other living beings and, and creatures with their own lives going around them and try to maybe get inspired by that. You know, feel curious. Oh, I, I wonder what's going on. And, and I don't mean rabbit holes because those can be really stressful. I don't mean like missing persons or this. I mean, try to get curious about things that are positive and aren't going to make you feel sad. Not that, not that uh, things aren't important to research or, or figure out about. I mean things that are, I guess, just just make you feel curious like you did as a kid. How do I, you know, I, I took this thing like how do you grow indoor plants, you know, little things like that. Like, okay, I'm going to try to, you know, I was just curious about it. So I kind of went into it a little bit. So try to get curious. Try to get excited about life. I mean, really make a plan, make some plan, <laughs> make something. And it has to make you feel like, oh, it's kind of cool. Like if you can just latch on to some sort of joy or excitement, it's important. So try to make a plan that you get excited about. Um, maybe it's the movies, maybe it's bowling, maybe it's just something silly. Who knows? Look forward to things. Get get back in the habit of looking forward to stuff. Oh, I'm so excited about... Remember when you were a little kid, you got excited about the holidays coming up or seeing someone or the weekend. We lose that. We lose that because fear takes over. Uh, take time to sit and reflect how something wonderful was today. Huh. That was like a really nice lunch I had with my friend. She was so kind. We had a nice conversation. I'm going to write her a text about that. Maybe revel in the good things that happened and really revel in it. Like really feel it, a warmth come over you. And yes, that fear is going to try to creep back in. Of course it is. That's what it does. It's a biological part of us. But you recognize it and you're like, okay, I hear you. I see you. And now I'm just going to focus on the love parts. It's not an overnight thing, everybody. This is something I'm working on too. This is something that we all have to work on together. We can encourage each other to do it too over on the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family page. And I think that it's just going to make, I think it's really going to be a bit of a game changer when you try it. Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. All right. So hopefully love versus fear. You can see where you're leaning on love, where you're leaning on fear and try to really amp up that love as much as you can because we just want the universe to send us more of that. Yeah. And actually speaking of that, we did just the other night you know, this is actually it'll be a week from this time when this airs, but we did an 1111 IG live. Yes. It was incredible. We had over, I think, 850 people on there. 
and they all were coming from a place of love. That was great. And they, we, you led a meditation where actually they, people used not only themselves, but all other, the other 800 people yeah. to manifest and, and spread, you know, love and kindness. It was really cool. You could probably- yeah, last it was on uh, November eleventh, so on eleven eleven, we did an IG live. I did it a year ago, the same time, and I think the big, the biggest thing I wanted everyone to feel is that in that moment, you know, there was like eight hundred people on. You're getting hundred, and I said, want take it, take it out of yourself. Whatever the intention you put out there tonight, take a minute and really want everybody else to get what they want. And then and I said, okay, do that. Want want everyone else on this live to get what they want, their intention in front of them that it manifests for them. Want that for them so purely. And I said, okay, now wait a second. You're getting hundreds of people wanting yours to happen for you, which was such an energy. And I feel like how often do you receive something like that in our lives? Like so much love. And that's the thing. There's so much love the universe has to give you. When you put an intention out there, the universe wants you to get that because it makes you a better version of you. So it was just a really wonderful, that's why I just love our community. Like we really come together with best intentions, really yeah. coming to be our highest, best, highest selves and help each other and encourage each other on that journey. Yes. And we are getting together yes. January 28th yes. in Fort Lauderdale. Woo-hoo. At the Bahia Mar Hotel. Yep. So you can still come. You can just I, come. I, I'm not sure. The hotel might be sold out. A lot of things are sold out, but we have hundreds of people coming yeah. from the Facebook group, the Mystic yeah. Michaela Spiritual not Family. Not everyone's staying at that hotel either. Some people True. have found other places to stay, So, but you can just show up for the... We'll, we'll get more details, um, happy hour yes. and things like that. Um, of course, we're getting very close to the book from Simon & Schuster coming out. So excited. Um, you could pre-order it now. The pre-order sales, we thank all of you. Oh you God. guys have been incredible. Oh my God. The... Our editor from Simon & Schuster told us we're the top of her list of books that she is in charge of for pre-sales. So we thank thank every one of you. I mean, Um, I can't thank you guys enough. Like writing the Angel Numbers book was such an interesting journey for me. So many downloads, so many cool things, so many things I'm excited for you all to take power of in your own lives. and, And just that you could... Just that you, I mean, I just even, I get emotional. Yeah, I know. Because she told me, she's like, wow, you you must have like really great people because look, these pre-orders top my list. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God, I have the best. No, we have. We have the best. We have the best. We do. There's no one better. No, I know. No, we, we have, have the, the best. best people. This is the best group. No, they are simply the best. Yeah. And yeah. I will die on that hill. They yes. are the best. They are. No, I, <laughs> It's th- true. You know, there's other groups out there that might be close, but we're the best. I don't know. No, I don't not know. even close. You're saying not even know. close. I don't All know. Right. I don't oh. want the Swifties coming for me though. Oh yeah, the Swifties. <laughs> True. I got to join their Facebook. I'm going to join the Swiftie Facebook group. I feel like they really support I'm each gonna, other too. You, I, so I, I think don't they know. do. It might be like a similar vibe. Now, <laughs> speaking of the Swifties, I am going to join their group. I think they have. I have to look. If they have one. Yeah. But, I, but I'm going to join it as Petro Hanchar. Do you think that'll go over well? I feel like they'll sniff you out. They'll, they'll sniff me out. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now, Mrs. Michaela tells you to buy one or two books. I tell people to buy three to nine. <laughs> And then some of our, our listeners tell people to buy 11, you know, 11, 11. So I, you know, you, you can decide, you know, one to two, There's three to nine. There's an audio book too. Um, the other thing is, of course, we love that you all subscribe and review. Thank with you. With over 4,500, I think 4,600, 4,600 views now. Five star, you guys are incredible. You know, if you know someone, pass this along to them. Um, 
you know, it, it does really help us. We, it does. we appreciate every single one. We read every single yeah. I read every single one. I know sometimes you get a little nervous. You're like, don't be a bad one, please. I know. Don't. And you get a little nervous. I have my empath issues. I know. Her empath issues sometimes get in the way, but there's <laughs> never been a you'll, bad you'll one like about fil- you. You'll filter them for me. Yeah. And be like, well, here, 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 here. And I just read the, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a few that, you know, kind of mock me a little bit. I can handle it. I think it. there's one that called you a pervert. Yeah. Well, now after. <laughs> The Dipsy Divers wrote that script, and I had to read it, and you're going to see the, the one on the, the reels. I now feel that that review was way out of line, and I am totally fine. You're like, I'm the pervert. Like, I'm the pervert. You need to they're, read the Dipsy Divers. Yeah, they're stuffing turkeys with things, and God knows what. Oh, my God. I can't wait for the unedited version on my reels. Yes. It's coming up right after this. We're going to tape that right after this. Um, and the last thing is Thanksgiving week, we're actually going to have two episodes coming yes. out, a bonus episode where we're going to do a lot of frequently asked questions, and we are going to do some listener or colors. Mm-hmm. Again, we did, we've done this in the past, so we'll ask the Mystic McCallum Spiritual Family yeah. to send in pictures, Fun episode. and we'll read some of those. You'll, you'll do them. Uh, on that uh, on that episode, mm-hmm. and then there'll be one other episode that week of Thanksgiving. So it'll yeah. be two. So it's be two episodes on Thanksgiving week. Some yeah. some special things going on. At, you, yeah. yeah. Anything else? Or I think I mean yeah. I know you like to end the show. Yes. Okay. You know I think I want to end the show. Okay, today. end it. Take it away. And throughout this whole episode, I've been thinking about the great Michael Scott. Mm. You know, and he once said this, and it really profound, and it really has impacted <laughs> my life. Tremendously. And he said, would I rather be feared or loved? Easy, both. I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. <laughs> and I, I think that's fitting for this We'll episode. just end it on that note. Now nah, you can take it by all everybody. Right. This podcast is for you and about you. And I'm so thankful that you all spent some time with us today. Take care. If you want to be the most interesting person at the cocktail party, well, hop on over and listen to the Brain Candy Podcast. Our award-winning content will have you laughing while you're learning. We read all the best articles, books, and studies, and keep up with new TV shows, documentaries, and pop culture. And then we cram it all into two shows a week. Conspiracy theories, cannibal rabbits, unsolved mysteries, the history of the Walkman. There's something for everyone. The Brain Candy Podcast. Find our link in the show notes. Or simply search for the Brain Candy Podcast on your podcast app.